We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. Why were you made? I was made to be happy. The way to be happy is to know truth. And to love goodness. In other words, I am made for God. Pero quiero lío en las dioses. Quiero que se salga afuera. You are now listening to the Holy Ruckus Podcast. It started as um, let's prove Dad wrong, um, and then as I tried to prove Dad wrong, I in turn proved myself wrong, and in turn fell in love with the church in a way that I never thought I could. Man, that's yeah. awesome, Coach. I mean, and, and, you know, sometimes Dad knows best, but definitely, you know, our Lord, you know, knows best. And, I, and, and so that's incredible. So if you're just catching us, you are listening to the Holy Ruckus Podcast. Myself, Father Pat, and our guest for today, Coach Kramer Soderberg. Go ahead, Coach. Um, I want to know, how do, you in, in, um, how do you bring in your faith in, 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 your, in your job, in, in, in that job? Like, do you start with a prayer? Like, what do, you, like what, what do you do to kind of bring it out? Not for others, but for yourself, you know? Um, and, if, and if it does come for others, then that's great. Do you start, do you have like a saying quote? Do you break out Jose Maria Scriva to the, to the gentleman? I mean, that's what I do, get, give a kick in the pants. Like, I always break out the Escriva. But I don't know, for you, how do you bring in your faith, um, not just on a social media level, but also like in your day-to-day with your guys, with your program, as an assistant, what do you do in, in the small ways? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So um, first, personally for me, I, on game day, I always have, you know, a prayer routine that I, that I go through. And, you know, during starting lineups, I always have a special prayer that I pray before then. Um, but in regards to with my team, um, it's a little bit more challenging being at, you know, um, an unaffiliated school or a school that necessarily isn't staunch, um, staunchly Catholic or Catholic or Christian. Um, but I, what I really try to do is, is through the example of um, the way I coach, you know, my players seeing me, you know, interact with them, with my kids, with my wife, I, I try to impress upon them the, the Christian joy that I have, that I live with, so that through the personal relationships that I build with my kids, when they are going through a struggle or a difficult time, they feel comfortable coming to me, closing the door, sitting down with me in my office. And that's when the spiritual conversations can come out a little bit more. So I, I think when you're at a university that, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, there's, there's some devoutly Catholic and devoutly Christian universities where that's what you do. You talk about that all the time. Um, at, at universities that aren't affiliated, I think it has to be done first through your actions and then be um, invited by the players who come to you kind of asking questions of, coach, why why are you so joyful? What do you do when you're struggling? I'm having a hard time. Can you help me? Um, that's kind of how I try to do things um, with my faith and incorporating it into my work. Awesome. Awesome. Father Pat? Yeah, I got, I, so that makes me want to really go, really dive in, I guess, because I can't imagine, I mean, certainly, you know, there are discrepancies from, you know, D3 to D1, like you were laying out for us. Mm-hmm. 
but even at D3 schools, I mean, come on, there's, there's always, there's always a party going on, right? Somewhere, you know, even if there's no Greek life, like the, the athletes I know, or, or new grow, you know, coming up through, uh, you know, through my own education, like they were always like the top dogs, you know, um, top of the food chain, kind of like, you know, the, the automatically the, the, the coolest people around. So like, how do you, how do you shepherd your guys? Cause what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is like that you're putting yourself out there and you're in, you're making sure your image comes across as like credible and trustworthy so that these guys know where to go. You know, they know that you're available for them. So then I gotta, I gotta ask like, you know, what, what do you do? What do you say to them in order to get them to, you know, move towards a life of virtue and, and maybe, uh, you know, see the, the emptiness, I guess, or, or the folly behind, you know, settling for, um, you know, just kind of the routine of, of partying. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it's, it's really hard. And, and um, that's why I'm so thankful to be working with kids this age. I think it's, you know, just thinking back to myself, it's such an impressionable time and it's a time of, great temptation, like you mentioned. And for me, I, I remember it. Um, so I, I think it's a really difficult thing to do. Um, the, the first thing I'll say is I, I don't try to push things or, you know, shove things in kids' faces. Um, Cause I, I just think that's, that's going to end up having the opposite effect. You know, just like if I was, if I was going to approach somebody who was, who've never heard of the Catholic church, I, I wouldn't shove I wouldn't shove theology down their throat right away, you know? So for me, it's, for me, it's building the relationship with the kids and through that relationship, trying to slowly present this virtuous life in my actions, in my words, in our conversations. And, and hopefully by the time they, they work their way through this college time that they understand that, you know, the, the sins of the flesh, the temptations that you're being offered here aren't going to fulfill you. And um, it, it really is a challenge because I, I know what happens at college. And, you know, I, I hope, my, you know, we always tell our kids, obey the law, you know, to you, be, be, you know, responsible and take care of your teammates, you know, all those things that you want to say. But at the same time, I can't show up to their dorm room on a Friday night. You know, it's just like a parent where I have to try to instill, um, you know, uh, just fatherly love upon them and, and hope that through that maturity and growth that we spend our four years together, that um, that some good fruit can come from it. So it's tough. And it, it's, it's a difficult thing to do as a coach to not want to say, don't be an idiot. You know, don't, if you do this, you're going to, I'm going to come find you. And we're going to, you know, we're going to knock on your door Friday night to make sure you are in the curfew. Um, right. You know, you can't do that. Um, but at the same time, you want to help these kids um, understand what's best for them. So I feel like I got, you know, 15 to 20, sons or younger brothers that I'm trying to take care of. And it's a, it's a special feeling and you create some great bonds. And I really enjoy that side of coaching. Boy, you said that like the, for me, the $10,000 buzzword is as far as, you know, like a father, a fatherly posture is, 
you know, especially probably with any relationship of, of love and, um, you know, support, there always comes, you know, a time when you kind of have to go, you know, take a step back, you know, and let them, let them be what they're going to be and do what they're going to do. And I'm yeah. talking, you know, I, I always enjoy talking with, you know, men of faith, men of God, but especially dads. So then do you feel like um, in this role of responsibility that does have like paternal overtones, um, do you, do you, how do you then like deal with your frustrations? Either of you guys, you know, Josh or, or coach, coach Kramer, uh, when you're feeling like the lack of success, you know, as the world puts it anyway, um, you know, sometimes it's obvious when your children just throw it, throw it right back at you, you know, but how are you, how do you pray through that, man? Yeah. Um, another great question. And in the business I'm in, it, it's really difficult because, um, frankly, my, my job is dependent on winning and losing. Um, you know, and, and you see it across the sporting world. If a coach doesn't win enough, he gets fired. It doesn't matter how, how many times his kids graduate or what their GPA is. Um, wow. Sadly enough, it's only about winning. And you see that across college sports with the amount of cheating that goes on and coaches get a slap on the wrist and they get hired again because mm -hmm. they won. Um, you know, so I, I, what, how I deal with that is, is through a story that my dad told me actually. And it's, it's funny you kind of asked this question, but it, it inspired the title of my book. Um, fill your cup for Christ. So when I was in sixth grade, my dad was the head coach at St. Louis University. He was putting on a basketball camp for little kids, and he called us all together to give us a little talk. And um, he pulled out of his backpack three different size cups. One was a 64-ounce guzzler, one was a 12-ounce drinking glass, and one was a little Dixie cup. Um, and he said, I don't care how much potential you have or how big your cup is. All I care about is how much water you put in your cup. And mm -hmm. on the drive home, he told me, he said, Kramer, wow. just so you know, you're the Dixie cup. You're the small cup. And I think he knew that due to my gene pools, I was going to be 5'10 and not very athletic. And he knew I wanted to play division one college basketball. Um, so that image really inspired the rest of my athletic career but later on I realized how how profoundly accurate that is for the rest of my life as a husband as a father and as a Catholic man filling my cup to the top for Christ's sake is 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 it and the world tells us that success is winning and losing making a lot of money having a big house but that's false that's not true success is filling your cup to the top getting the most out of what God has given you. And if you do that, that's success. So for me, how I battle with the nervousness of, of my job and winning and losing and all that comes with it is asking myself the question, did I fill my cup to the top today? And when I got home from the office, did I do the best job I could today in the office trying to find recruits? Um, and if I can answer yes, success. Same wow. as um, my duties as a father and as a husband. And on game day, did I prepare my team well enough to go into this game and win? And if I can say yes, then the, 
the winning or losing goes away. The fear of losing goes away because I know I've done everything that I can do. And that, that image, that profound fill your cup image that my dad gave me when I was in sixth grade just has carried me through my life and it takes away the fear. Wow. Mm. Amen. Dude, where is that on a t-shirt? Put that on t-shirt. Oh my gosh. Fill your cup. That's like lockstep with, um, God, I, it had to be like Teresa of uh, Lasso, uh, the little flower. Uh, somebody, somebody got a vision of like heaven as being like everybody's cup is full, you know. But the way we love in this life, you know, increases our capacity, you know. Yes, I've heard that before. I love it, Josh. Have yeah. you have you any um have you any like wisdom to share? Oh yeah. Like, how you how you restrain pen and tongue from <laughs> lashing out against uh, the the inanities of fatherhood? I get a wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times my like hand has been squeezed. I don't, you know. Um, so I, I'm really. I think the Lord is really blessing with like this sense of just like. I try not to have the same bad day twice and, and look at like in my follies, which there are many, um, I always look back at them and, and I don't dwell on them, but I do sit with them a little bit, you know, and I'm like, Oh crap. Like I really screwed this up or, or I see something coming or I didn't respond well to that. And I really take it and try to like rehash it and like, make sure like, okay, can't have the same bad day again tomorrow or halftime adjustments you know i try to to make sure i can i can um make those um the fact that i have a partner in the game is nice so you know um i don't know if that answers it but yeah so, so when it comes to that um coach um when when does it change fill your cup when does the fill, fill your cup with christ come in is that something that um, your father like added for you too. I don't know if I missed it, or is that something that you you put in? You're like, all right, I'm gonna take that analogy. I'm gonna go to the extent with it, which is sainthood, which is bringing Christ into everything I do. Yeah, yeah. When I when I initially about a year and a half ago, I just had it kind of on my heart that I was meant to write a book. And from the authors that I've talked to, most of them say that um, the title of the book comes later in the process. Um, but for me, it was, I had the title, fill your cup for Christ. So, um, and that was again, from the image that my dad gave me. And then the idea of getting the most out of your potential for Christ's sake, d doing everything you do for his sake, for his glory, for his kingdom. And I had the title and <laughs> honestly, I am not a writer. I'm not an author. I probably would, you know, if you added up all my English papers, they were that C plus work, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I felt to call to do this, I was like, how in the world am I supposed to write a book? I don't know what I'm doing, but I just started, I just started typing and I started writing and out about a year and a half later, out came a book. And I, like you mentioned, I, I just, I profoundly hope and pray that it can reach as many hands as possible so that people can be inspired to not, not coast through their spiritual life, but attack it with, with a vengeance and, and try to become the best they can be. Try to be a saint. And the idea of filling your cup is it's okay if you fail. 
as long as you continue to strive and continue to endure and continue to persevere, that, that is what Christ wants, even if we fail, you know, and the idea of success, you know, when people think of success, they, they hand it over to the spiritual life. Like if I don't live a perfect life, I'm a failure. If I give into this temptation, I was a failure. No, no, no. You're only a failure if you don't keep persevering. Um, so I just hope that this book can get in the hands of many and, and it can really inspire people to fall in love with Jesus more. Um, to, to really try to get through their trials and, and hang in there and understand that the Lord has a plan for them, to, to take an initiative to seek the truth and, and to find out what the truth is on your own. You know, do it for yourself. Find out for yourself an unbiased journey to find the truth. And then finally, just pursue holiness with, with all that you have. Um, that, that was really why I wanted to write the book. And, um, again, I'm handing it over to the Lord and hoping he works through it because I self-published it. I got no marketer. I'm just kind of hoping he does the work. Yeah. Awesome. And hopefully with, with our little platform, we can, we can put out something, but I'm sending, I'm sending this out to some of my buddies. So we'll see what we can do, but for sure, man. And, and people need to hear more about your story. Father Pat, um, what do you got? I wanted to ask this to, to everybody, but I, you know, I've been influenced so much by, you know, cinema and movies or whatever. I always want to ask like, what is your all time favorite uh, sports movie? What gets you going? What gets you, I, I, it's hard to pick one. You know, you know, you pick a couple here, but like, what is it for you? What gets you going? What gets the juices flowing? Basketball movies. Go ahead. You oh. go ahead, father Pat. <laughs> okay, so the ones that I I abide by the rule that um although I don't subscribe to this like uh this image of of masculinity, I feel like, you know, um love love is vulnerability and so, you know, you should always be able to even if you're a man, even if you're a man's man, be able to risk enough vulnerability to be touched, to be moved, to be um yeah, elevated by beauty even to the point of uh of weepiness but mm -hmm. i believe that sports sports movies especially carry a total like man card um exemption um that they're the things that uh that probably make me cry the most easily <laughs> and in that regard uh i don't think this is the top of the list but it's one of the movies that comes to mind it's actually a golf movie which is a strange pick for like uh, top sports movies out there um it's a shia labeouf movie and i think it's called literally the greatest game ever yes. it's yep. about uh the the last amateur to win the u.s open and it's just it's moving man it's stirring like i mean most dr sports dramas are but uh that one that one definitely gets me of course i got a shout out you know Probably the best known fighting Irish uh, movie of all time, Rudy. Rudy does the same thing to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard not to root for the Rudy. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, um, but if I had to round it out, and and I'll even push myself a little bit to uh, to pick a basketball flick here. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Space Jam counts. Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, it should. <laughs> Space Jam was Space Jam was one of those movies I watched as a kid even you know 
it, it's something that makes me nostalgic really for more of an era of the 90s rather than <laughs> yeah that's right itself but um yeah I'll, I'll i'll say space jams definitely got a soft spot in my heart awesome awesome uh for me real quick i'm a big uh spike lee guy so i uh he got game is, is a is a you know it's probably not for the children but it is a good basketball movie i think uh ray allen as as jesus jesus shuttlesworth uh awesome um i love uh glory road glory road pretty good disney movie um about the first uh, all black uh, starting but the first all black starting lineup they they took out uh uh rump or whatever the from kentucky or whatever they okay. beat them it was yep. um man yeah it was when pat riley was playing um and wow. then uh remember the titans obviously and then i'll say a sleeper ready jerry Maguire. Oh, okay mm. okay <laughs> little rom-com you know yes. we watched it the other day we watched it the other day and i was like is this a sports movie and then like i watched it again i was like it is like i don't know like i don't it's a rom-com but it worked man i'm maybe a little bit embarrassed but i was watching i'm a big um bill simmons guy bill simmons was talking about on his rewatchables podcast he was talking about jerry Maguire, and and how it just hits all the notes for a sports movie, even though it's like from another perspective, like an agent and all of that and the biz. And I, I just, I don't know, I just like it. But uh, in terms of basketball, he got game, Glory Road. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Coach, for you, uh, best uh, sports movies for okay. your favorites? Best sports movie for me, um, and I'm not a hockey guy, but Miracle on Ice for me is yeah. probably one that I could watch a thousand times and I would cry every time. Um, Again. really Again. good remember the titans for sure um mm -hmm. i love hoosiers you know any underdog story i'm a big fan of um yeah. and then and then a, a golf golf movie um big caddyshack fan uh that, that's a good <laughs> one for me and then i i really love field of dreams as well shoot man there's there's the image right there the the image of the father and and the son Josh, I think you just like stumbled across the new debate of our time. Like now that Die Hard is Die Hard a Christmas movie, <laughs> pretty pretty much been decided by internet culture. You know, we yes. all in. You you just you just opened up a new can of uh, is is Jerry Maguire. Don't don't get me started. Movie. Another good one, Fever Pitch. Fever <laughs> Am I losing credibility, Coach? It's a rom com. But it's also like, how do you do a movie about the Boston Red Sox, and then on that same year they win the whole thing, break the curse? That's you know, there there's some there's some uh, some big questions. How about Juju? There. There's a right. couple there's a couple movies that like are right on the fringe. That I mean, Trouble with the Curve was was like a good feel good uh, like daughter father story mm -hmm. that like has yep. a lot of baseball in it. Moneyball is money. Is, I mean, it's yeah, that's more that's definitely more of a traditional, um, they like sports movie, but there's so many. The plot line, like, the main thing driving the plot is like this guy, like the Brad, um, the, the general manager mm -hmm. character. Yeah, and I, love, I love mm -hmm. the end when it gets to like, um, don't spoil it now. Hill character, he like, yeah, well, I don't think this spoils anything. He like shows him some film and he's like, you know, this guy hits a home run, doesn't even know it. 
and it's like a heavy-handed analogy for him and it leads to like the perfect line how can you not be romantic about about baseball and i i always want to point these things out to the um those who haven't really been touched or moved by by sports like this is the power of what sports and competition does like it's not just about like you know football hitting each other or you know sweating and and winning and you know but they're the storylines behind it are the most human elements i think coach wins i mean not that we're comparing lists but miracle gosh that's like one of the ultimate like america usa usa kind of movies that's out there there is coach sports Right. Sports are something special because I think our whole world could take a, a cue from sports in that people of different backgrounds, of different cultures, um, all come together for one purpose, all, all come in together to pursue one goal. And if only we could, uh, as, a, as a world, um, kind of take that image as a spiritual family, as a spiritual team, and say, we are all pursuing one goal. It doesn't matter where we're from, what we do, we're all pursuing one goal. Let's get there together. Um, that, that, that's why sports, I think, have such a powerful impact, and how I will tell any parent, if you can get your kids to play sports, it's a good thing, because mm -hmm. you learn things that you just can't in other avenues. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Father, uh, coach, um, we have some questions here. We have a, a two part. I wanted to, to hit you with these. Is that okay? Can I hit you with the questions? Hit me. Some folks, uh, this guy's name, I can't pronounce it. Diego. No, it's, it's Diego. He's my cousin. Anyway, Diego, um, <laughs> he'll get a kick out of that. Um, who was your favorite, uh, basketball player, uh, growing up? Uh, who was your basketball player growing up? And then how do you incorporate that player's mindset? or actions on and off the court onto your everyday practices or in your game or just how you prepare as a coach. Like, um, but let's start with that. Who was your favorite basketball player growing up? So, so I had two guys. I, I was an MJ guy just in the last dance. I mean, I, good Lord, I was loving every minute of it, but yeah, I had the Jordan DVDs and I would watch those. And then Steve Nash was my other guy. And that was mainly because, I was a short white point guard and I wanted to be like him, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the, again, the crossover of faith and sport is, is so profound. And I think the mentality that all great athletes have of, of just this yearning to pursue greatness, to being the best they can be is, is so profound in the spiritual life. I don't think most people tap into it. You know, I, I think most people, you know, see their spiritual life as you know this is something that I do to you know on Sundays or you know it's 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 there if I need it when I'm struggling but but they don't attack it with that MJ mentality of I'm gonna be the best um, and not that it's an egotistical or you know uh, you know a, an evil desire but but it, it's just that that internal um, yearning to, to be the best you can be. And again, I think it's stemmed out of love of Christ, but that mentality that, that Michael showed in the last dance, um, I hope to have that mentality, you know, as a coach, 
um, as a Christian, as a Catholic, but hopefully be a little bit more charitable with, with my teammates as I bring them along, you know. <laughs> That's true. So you ain't, ain't going to punch out no Steve Kerr's? Right, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to punch any of my uh, Christian brothers and sisters, you know. What about Steve Nash? Is there anything that you really admire about his game that maybe you apply to, uh, you know, down the road, you know, God willing, you know, head coach or whatever, anything that you, you'd want to, like, implement? Steve, the, the one thing, the one thing that always stands out to me about Steve Nash is, is how many high fives he gave out. If you ever watched him play, yes. he literally, he was doling out high fives, no matter what, all the time. I, somebody did like a study on it. They said he gave out like 250 high fives per game. That's what he averaged. Wow. Um, but he was just a constant teammate, always lifting people up. And, you know, if I ever get to become a head coach, um, I hope that I can instill that kind of, you know, reaching out to your teammates and lifting them up. And then the same thing as, you know, as, as a Catholic man, you know, trying to evangelize, I, I want to be reaching out and, and lifting people up um, as much as I can. That's I'm going awesome. to scratch a little harder at this because I've heard, you know, and and I heard bits and pieces that I would guess you might you might put out there as as part of this answer. But um, I, I've definitely heard a thousand and one examples of like taking taking things on the field, on the court, for the team. You know, and uh, you know, explain. I've heard people explain like how um, that has impacted uh, their, you know, the way that. Um, they live and the way that they serve and the way that they lead. Um, but what I want to know is like, how does that, how does your prayer life kind of in, in a different direction? Mm. Like how does your prayer life like inform what's happening on the court? Cause like, I think a lot of people think, um, and I, I don't personally subscribe to this cause like I was always kind of like, uh, a get in your face, you know, kind of defender right. <laughs> when I was playing. Um, but like we would joke, charity ends, you know, off uh, when you when you step onto the field, and like that's that you got to couch that right. You got to qualify that a little bit because like you want you want to like go hard in the paint, so to speak. But uh, how does your how does your faith like inform? your your play style or really for your coaching style with your with your players like what does what does virtue like serve a how does virtue serve a purpose um on like while competing yeah i, I think again it, it kind of goes back to uh the fatherhood side of things that i think any great coach knows that um to have a successful team you first have to gain the hearts and minds of your players so it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it matters. You have to have a good offense and you have to have a good defense. You have to have a good game plan and all that. But even if you have a perfect game plan and your offense is awesome in defense, if you don't have the hearts and minds of your kids, they're not going to play hard for you. They're not going to go through the wall for you. So I think that that idea of the spiritual side of my life, of the reaching out, the lifting up, the, the trying to get the best out of them, um, of, of those around me and, and, and making sure people know that I love them, that, that I have their best interests in mind can be, can be transferred over to, to the basketball courts 
so that my players, once they know that I love them, once they know that I have their best interests in mind, then when, when the time comes that I need to get up on a guy's butt and say, hey, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do, son. You, you got to play harder. You, you made a mistake here. When, when, you, when you first start with love and, and you have gained the hearts and minds of the kids and they know that you're invested in their success, then you can be hard on them when need be. Um, so I would say I'm, I don't know this yet because I'm not a head coach and worlds will change when I become a head coach and we'll see if my demeanor stays the same. But I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Um, but I do have a switch, you know, um, that I can turn on if need be, but, but I try that. I try to make that, um, less than, than the other. So I, I would say that's how my faith crosses over to the court. Um, and if you want, I can mention how some things I learned on the court can cross over to my faith life. Oh, go um, for it. And one in, one in particular is when I was, when I was in college, my junior and senior year, I played for my dad at Lindenwood university and every he, he's a tough guy, you know, he's an intense dude. Um, and when people would watch him coach, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, your dad, he's, he's intense boy. Um, he must be really strict with you guys. And they would always ask, you know, like, what are your team rules? How many rules do you guys have? And, and, and this was funny to most people. I say, we have three rules on the team. And these were my dad's rules. He gave the team. And if you ask any of my teammates, they'll, they'll respond the same way. Our three rules were, show up, show up on time, and do the best you can. And those three things, and I, I've said this many times before to my players, if you do those three things every day, you are going to beat out 99% of the population. Because 99% of the population can't do those three things. The first two are pretty easy, but do the best you can all the time is really hard. Um, and how that crosses over to my faith life, I think those three things are so profound in your prayer life. In mm. that, number one in your prayer life, you have to show up daily. Mm. You, have to, you have to show up daily. And if you don't, you're, you're going to start to fall away spiritually. You're going to start to lose things. Two, you have to show up on time. Not that you're going to get struck down with a bolt of lightning if you show up five minutes to mass or whatever. But I think you have to set a specific time for your prayer life. Because if you, if you just say, well, I'm going to pray sometime today, it, you're not going to find the time to do it. You, you have to find that specific time. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, most importantly, do the best you can in your prayer routine. And some days you're going to feel like crap and you're not going to want to show up. Some days you're going to be distracted. Um, but do the best you can in your prayer life. Those three things, I think, really help me in my prayer life to, to remember, okay, today I, I'm not feeling like it, but I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up at the time that I have set, and I'm going to do my best, the best I can to have a, a good conversation with Jesus or to, to take 30 minutes just to be quiet and listen to him. Um, so that, that's kind of the crossover that I've had from athletic to faith life. As a priest, I'm definitely appreciating that show up on time. <laughs> that's definitely yeah. that's definitely near and dear to my heart. I don't know about you, Josh. I'm getting some I'm getting some John Bosco vibes because like you're all over you're all over that that old adage like you know people really don't care you know uh, how much you know until they know how much you care, and sure. that that sounds like you know that sounds like it in a nutshell. Yeah. That's what I got out of it too like when he was talking and i really 
was captivated. And I heard it somewhere else, but it's so funny because you do have to, you know, you can be as awesome as you want, like, you know, character and, and um, people got to follow you. Like you can have all the schemes or whatever you want. Your playbook's on fire. Like you're a great, you know, um, X's and O's guy or whatever, but yeah. you got to motivate the men around you to play for you and, and be inspired. And so it, it was always comical. We used to have this coach. I'm a big uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan. And we had, um, I know, don't hold it against me. And, uh, and we, um, <laughs> This guy, uh, Chip Kelly, he, he was uh, he was on his way, um, but he had this quote, and he was soundbited, and, and it was a great quote. And he said, uh, "Culture beats scheme any day," you know. Um, and it was so interesting. I mean, I wish you would have established a great culture with us, but the words were still true nonetheless, right? Mm -hmm. And building a culture, and and that can bring conversion, and that can bring. Um, inspiration and motivation to to lift yourself up, and it's the the building blocks and a foundation to to success or at least faithfulness to the grind, which can maybe lead you to success. Mm, what yeah, do you think? Yeah. yeah, really good, really good. Yeah. Big I time do, stuff. I do, I do believe that there are there are days like your words are going to haunt me a little bit. There, Josh, about like try not to have the same bad day twice in a row. Uh, that's definitely gonna <laughs> eat at me because um, there are days where like the, you know the prayer life can feel like a grind or 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 to put it a different way it can feel like you're checklisting it can feel like you're checking boxes you know like you're you're just making sure that you get it in and get it done but uh yeah you, you got a shot of hope there um coach that uh to bring the to bring the best you can I think it's also an acknowledgement that like God is, you know, asking for our fidelity. You know, he's asking for uh, your best as, as you find yourself, you know, um, and that, and that involves who you are and where you are at that moment, you know, that, but it, it, if you're phoning it in or like, you know, scheduling it for tomorrow, penciling it out or whatever, like that's, that's just not going to happen. You know, it's just right. Exactly. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, as we start start heading down, you mentioned um, Father Pat. You mentioned favorite uh, Saints. You got a Don Bosco vibe at a coach, but coach for you, who have been the Saints that have really influenced you and have uh, that you've kind of borrowed a play from here or there. Who are some Saints that have impacted oh, yeah. you? Oh man, there, there's many. Um, first, first and foremost, one that I've grown uh, a great devotion towards is Saint Joseph. Um, the, the foster father of Jesus in that um, I'm a, as you probably can tell, I like to talk, uh, you know, I like to be uh, under the lights uh, center stage and um, Joseph, uh, he, he just, he just did his duty um, with, with really no recognition. I mean, this, this poor guy, he didn't get a word in the gospel. He didn't yeah. get one word, you know? So, but, <laughs> But he, he devoutly did his duty to protect his wife, to protect, you know, his son. And he, he did it with, with not much recognition. And I just, I just really um, have connected with that, that, that quiet pursuit of holiness that Joseph had. Um, I, I really, really um, admire. And St. Jose Maria Escriva, I also um, really enjoy. 
my dad being an Opus Day man, I've gotten to know him a little bit, but the idea of pursuing holiness in, in the everyday life, that whatever your vocation may be, it doesn't have to be a priest or, or a, a sister or religious life, but whatever vocation you're called to be, you can become a saint in that vocation. Those, those two have been um, pretty profound for me. Amen. Yep, Amen. get holy, die trying. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And then, um, man, we gotta. I, I want to see this one one day, Coach. If you want to put it together, if, if there's anything we can do as well, we do some video production stuff. I'm I'm gonna find my way in the Midwest, maybe this summer. Who knows? Or as the summer winds down, my wife's from Minnesota. I might go up. You know, I have to go up through through Illinois, but I would love to see like something out like of the process of of like what you do as a coach, like during, during this time, or, I mean, how has the process changed for you a day in the life of a, of a coach? How has the process changed because of COVID? Like, what do you find yourself? I mean, we talked about it earlier a little bit, but like, what's the process like for you? And do you, and this is a big teller for me. Do you like the process? Do you like the day to day when the lights aren't on as a coach? Do you like that? I do. I've always, as a player too, I always, I always loved the the process, and um, I always tell our guys that the guys who who love the process the most are gonna are gonna be the ones who reap the most benefits. Um, and yeah, as as a player and as a coach, there's there's so much internal work that's done, so much grinding. You know, whether it's a long drive to to see a kid, or the amount of phone calls you got to make, or during the season the amount of film you have to watch. There's a lot of behind the scenes grinding that goes on before it's showtime. You know, um, but again, that that idea of filling your cup for the top. In, in all those little things, you know, the things that aren't seen, the things that might seem minuscule um, by, by just grinding through that process, I think you're, you're preparing yourself for success. And then the, the stress of winning and losing um, that, that is a temptation that comes can be pushed away a little bit because you know, you've given all you got, but, but yeah, I've always been a guy who's, who's always loved practice. I almost loved practice more than the games um, because there was for me, at least as a player, there was a level of, um, there was a level of stress and worry and expectation for me, you know, cause my dad was, you know, a, a college basketball coach. So it was kind of, you know, expected like, oh, you're supposed to be good. You know, your dad is a college basketball, you're supposed to be good. So there was this, there was this um, expectation that I felt like I had to meet um, every night that I played that, that wore on me a little bit and it, it caused stress and it caused anxiety. And part of me enjoyed the practice more because I could just really dive in with no stress, with no worry of being the the best I can be. And I think about that spiritually in that, in my opinion, uh, as Christians, as Catholics, we have one game day and that's judgment day. Mm. Judgment day is our game day. And Mm. um, that's the one game day we have. And everything before that is is practice and you can approach it that way in that not that you shouldn't give your all in practice you absolutely should but you can you can approach it in a way that if you know if i mess up in practice if i have a bad day or if i you know missed a lot of shots today it's not a big deal because it wasn't game day um but you know 
if if you approach your life as practice as giving it your all and not getting worried or stressed out or fearful of game day but just approaching it to be the best you can be then i think on game day on judgment day you're going to have a good day thanks for writing my next uh, funeral homily yeah. up there <laughs> put that on a t-shirt <laughs> no coach uh, I think that's a good place for us, man. Is there anything you want to pitch? 30 seconds. Uh, what do you want to pitch for us? Our listeners, our watchers, uh, go ahead. 30 seconds. Yeah, if if you wanna, you know, if you wanna get a hold of me or you know, learn a little bit more about me, uh, you can visit my website www.kramersoderberg.com. You can find my book on Amazon or on my website. And I'm on Instagram at a Catholic Coach, and I'm trying to just present as much Catholic stuff. I'm trying to inspire people to be saints and. Uh, fill your cup, baby. That's that's all you got to do. Let's go. That's what's up. No, no, no. So good, so good. And then real quick, was there a coach besides your dad that inspired you? Was there a coach? Sorry, I, I gotta know. Was oh, there other coaches right now? He wants, yeah. Josh wants to hear a specific my, name. My high school coach, Coach Terry Hollander, and Dick Bennett, um, who is Tony oh, yeah. Bennett's father, who my dad played for and coached under. Those are probably my three, um, you know, main inspirations as coaches. Dang. Pat, I have to ask you just because you're here. <laughs> Father Pat. <laughs> well, you know who he like. He's a Blue Devil guy, man. You know who I'm he a, likes. I'm a big Coach K guy because – uh, our new, our new favorite coach K here at the Holy Ruckus podcast, you know, he said it better when, you know, you gotta, you gotta invest in the guys and, you know, um, make them feel, uh, yeah, like that they can play for you and that they know who you are and who they're giving it up for. And they're, they're laying it down. Um, and I, I, I've always admired the way that coach Krzyzewski, um, loves his guys and he doesn't he's never apologized for that you know for for actually loving his recruits and welcoming them into his family and to his life to the life you know his his wife's life you know they are um very very close to the guys that they have mm -hmm. uh developed over the years that that makes sense to me you know and awesome. he's a catholic guy father pat and he's a catholic he's a polish didn't catholic. know that didn't know that didn't know that uh for me uh john thompson old school georgetown guy oh yeah uh, the 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 daddy not not the son um yep. the one that's there now but uh the, the one who coached alan iverson taking him out of poverty and helping him out for a year yeah big time um, and then again because i'm a six uh, lay brown doing it the mm -hmm. right way you know won mm -hmm. the title with the detroit pistons and yeah. then on the football side He's Catholic. I don't know what no one knows this. Uh, uh, Herman Edwards. Right. Yeah, coach Herman Edwards, Arizona State. Yeah. Um, head coach. He's a Catholic. And I wish there was more stuff. No one's talked to him. So we got to talk to him. But, um, but yeah, we should have like a little conference with all these like Catholic coaches and like do something. But like one day. Right. But yeah, no. And I, the reason it reminded me of Herm, like hearing you talk, because he talks about the process. He talks about like uh, in basketball and football, like there's like, these preparations but in, in football it's like you get eight games is all you get out of and you're preparing like eight weeks you prepare like 42 weeks for like eight weeks you know it's like everything comes down to that so that's why I love I coach football uh, I'm an assistant uh, coach over at uh, our school Pilates high school in Laurel and so um, yeah so I'm teaching theology and teaching football so it's, it's been really great it's a kind of like a little dream to talk football and sports or i'm sorry basketball sports in general and faith thank you coach so much um and this isn't 
the end because we're going to probably do some more stuff together because I really just am, am on fire for what your mission is. I want to help you as best I can. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Coach. Uh, go visit his website. Link's in the bio. And we're going to put this out as well as some little graphics to accompany because you said some awesome one-liners and awesome <laughs> quotes that I think should be graphics and should be like, you know, memes and stuff. So, that'll be there. And then uh, they can follow you where, Coach? Uh, at my website, um, KramerSoderberg.com. And then also follow me on Instagram at a Catholic coach. Awesome. Awesome. Father Pat, anything? Just a sincere and heartfelt thanks to, uh, to coach, coach Kramer and to both of you guys for your vocations uh, as uh, teachers, as coaches, as developers of uh, men and uh, men committed to holiness and, and your virtue. I hope awesome. somebody heard something from these guys today. Somebody better be listening. Like, you know, I, I just moved to St. Joseph's in Largo. So I, I will say, can I please, can I please get an amen? There you go. Exactly, exactly. Um, Father, why don't you hit, um, hit Coach with a, uh, a, a little blessing here. Let's close it up in prayer. I'd be happy to. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, uh, everything that we do is in preparation of that game day, uh, that that judgment day when we know we will meet you face to face and we, and we want to know you before, before we ever get there, um, before we ever, um, you know, show up to play. Um, we, we want to understand that we're ready, um, that we've prepared, that we've, we've done our, the best work that we can, that we've shown up, we've shown up on time um, and that we have given our all, that we've given our, our absolute best um, for where we are, you know, for how you've made us. Um, our success is not up to us. Um, our effort, our fidelity is, um, and you have called us, uh, to be with you. And so I ask you to, uh, continue to multiply the gifts that you have given, uh, this man, this, this Catholic coach, this father figure, um, who desires to take his own story, um, and preach, um, and evangelize with the voice that you have given him, with the experiences that he's shared with you um, to inspire, to, to lead, um, to form. Um, and so, Lord, I ask that you protect him in this uh, vocation and that you also uh, feed him um, with the knowledge and, uh, and the desire um, that he has for holiness um, so that he can be like Joseph in his own homestead with his own children and with those that you've called uh, him to um, inspire and develop uh, at Millican, and someday, if it be your holy will, um, as a head coach. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Be well. God bless you. I think we lost. Uh, <laughs> we definitely lost Josh. <laughs> I was on mute. I was on mute. Guys, thanks so much for uh, listening to the Holy Ruckus podcast. Um, like, follow, share. Give us a five-star review. We are done. Also, if you haven't yet, if you want to support the, the mission, we are on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash the Holy Ruckus. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, Matt and Jim and Jackie and all those. Can't say last names. God bless America. God bless you. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks, Coach.
See you later, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me turn this. Here we go. Coach, man, thank you so much. That was solid. That was yeah. That was a good. lot of fun. We hit we hit some great topics. That was great. Yeah, we did. So, Coach, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a little snippets, trying to make a little um, little um, little clips, and also like some of the great stuff you said, and I can send that over to you as well, so you can Perfect. post it as well. And uh, if there's anything I can do, you know, we're we're still small time here, but uh, we'd love to continue this relationship and and just get behind what you're building. So, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Anything I can do for your ministry, let me know. Uh, love what you guys are doing. And yeah, the, the only favor I ask is that you tell people about the book and, and hopefully yes. God can take it from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you know this guy, uh, Leo Gallegos? He, he does Levitas. Um, it's like a, it's like an apparel, like a lifestyle brand or whatever. It's a lot of men, a lot of Catholic men are, are buying this clothing and it's called, um, Levitas, Levitas Alive, or whatever, and uh, I'm gonna put you in contact with him. He has a good um, following of Catholic men who are like into running and into sports, athletics, and yeah. I think that's and he runs a podcast as well. So I've already oh, nice. sent him some stuff. I got an, another guy, Kevin Wells, who's a who's a friend, who's a former sports writer. Um, he's written books and he's big in, in in like the Catholic world or whatever. So I awesome. sent him your stuff as well. And so uh, I'll tell him to reach out and see what's what. I appreciate it, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Father Pat, anything before we go? No, dude. Um, uh, keep us in keep us in touch and and in prayer. Uh, we'll see each other in the Eucharist. If you have um, other companions or confreres that you, you come across the way that um, you think we should like, you know, bump up, pump pump up um we'll remember your book but uh you know send them our way um yeah i'll do that i'll definitely start i'll, I'll think of some guys um that that i would i think that would be good for your for your um your podcast here i, I i'll uh i'll shoot you an email with some contacts all right guys well thank you so much man god bless you and uh, have a great night thanks guys see you guys appreciate you it. peace peace yeah. peace thanks father thanks coach